customer. What's your rush? What's your hurry? You gave me such a fright. I thought you was a ghost half a minute. Can't you sit? Sit you down, sit. All I meant is that I haven't seen a customer for weeks. Did you come in for a pie, sir? Do forgive me if my head's a little vague. What is that? But you think we have the plague? From the way the people keep avoiding now you don't. And as I try, sir, but there's no one comes in even to inhale. Right you are, sir, would you like a drop of ale? Mind you, I can't hardly blame them. These are probably the worst pies in life. Beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I am your humble producer, Boston. Joining us in the Zencaster studio is the time being, Scott. I mean, sometimes you gotta just wonder if there's any real difference between you and I. I mean, I could be pretty hairy too, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's it's from Harry and Henderson's. No, I, had to, no. I, had, I had to keep it. Uh, oh, wow, okay. look at you. I had to keep it on brand. Wow, yeah. okay, <laughs> all right. That's a deep cut. I, so I know. Yeah. I know. I thought it was possibly scary, and I was thinking Teen Wolf. <laughs> so this is better. That would be a good guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Marty, you're a wolf. <laughs> also joining us, our uh, illustrious host, Ryan Shipley. Now, one thing that makes me sad, though, is we're not getting scary names this week. Uh, mm. Well, we started because week? it's perfect up to now. Yeah, uh, we'll start that next week. Next week. I think you're just kind of thrown off because we lost a really awesome person earlier today, Angela Lansbury. I think you're a little... That's what it is. Oh, you didn't hear this, for real. Uh, Go (gasps) ahead and introduce our our guest so we can get into this. Um, Well, please welcome to the show our our returning guest, Mr. Corey Taylor. Corey Corey Dyke. Corey Dyke, I'm sorry. Corey Taylor's in the band Corn. I killed Corey Taylor. He did. He did. My brain. <laughs> Who's this, Corey Taylor? The, the Lansbury thing is is, is, is throwing me off. Yeah, um, yeah, please, please welcome Corey Dyke, everybody. Corey Dyke. Yeah. So you know what, what, guys, we're going to be here for Boston in this moment, and I yes. don't think this is a bit. Boston. Yeah, about three hours ago. Yeah. The news oh my broke god! Yeah, she passed peacefully. At the age of 96. 96. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I, I'll be honest. I thought she passed like two years ago. Oh, uh, man. she had, there was something about her news, but I think she just got sick. But, I know. It was yeah. like, there was two years ago, there was a rumor that she was going, or three years ago, that she was going to have a part on the final season of Game of Thrones. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she supposedly was doing Broadway up till two years ago. It doesn't surprise me. Um, well, I guess Boston had, must have been wondering what the hell we were talking about before we started recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard the I heard the RIP thing, and then I was like, ha ha ha, whatever. And then it didn't register. Um, right. And I think that's why you know if you want to, I know we usually do scary songs at the at the start of these episodes, but if you want to do um, a song from maybe Bidnock, uh, what is Bidnock? Bidnobs and broomsticks. Bidnobs and broomsticks. I'll find something. I'll find something appropriate. Okay. Cool. Great actress, like, I mean, I knew her from uh, Bid Knobs, uh, Murder She Wrote, National Velvet with Elizabeth Taylor, which yeah. I mean shows you uh, just how long she's been acting. Yeah, actually, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to choose. Okay, the Pie Shop song from her uh, her performance in Sweeney Todd. Oh wow, she played. Uh, uh, yeah, she played the 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 pie lady. Yeah, the pie lady. Why can't I remember her name? I can't remember her name either. Yeah. How crazy she's been in Hollywood for so long. 
I was looking at her IMDb earlier. Oh, Lord. It, you can see it goes from like, it starts with her first film, a banger, by the way, Gaslight, in oh, yeah, 1944. That was, that was her. Yeah. Oh, God. She was Dorian Gray. Um, then you keep going here. You see, seeing that she does a lot of those, like, you know, like company style uh, for television theater, a uh, Schultz Playhouse, and does all these things and keeps going until, you know, Bid Dobbs, I think, is probably what kind of brought her back into relevance in the 70s. And then, of course, uh, Murder She Wrote ran like 12 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was on for a yeah, crazy long time. Yeah, I knew it ran time. a long time. I wasn't sure how long, though. Yeah. And I would say anybody that grew up in, I know we have younger audience members, but anybody grew up in, the 80s and Oh, it 90s. was Grandma's show. It was yeah. on Grandma's if TV. If you ever went to visit your grandparents, you watched on. Murder, She Wrote. But it was also one of those shows where once you got a little older, you know, you weren't just like, I want to watch Transformers now and all the time. Yeah. Uh, you would actually start, because it was, even now people are rediscovering it. Uh, there's a YouTuber pushing up roses. Uh, she's in like her just like late 20s, and she reviews Murder, She Wrote episodes. And they hold up. Yeah, and she's, I mean, she she does point out that it's clear that the writers got bored and they did some ridiculously <laughs> silly episodes. And they also yeah. did some really, there's this one they did where all the little old ladies in town were all hooking it up with the same Lothario. And Hell it was just yeah. like, like, how yeah. are they getting away with this in the 80s? Wow. <laughs> Damn. Well, uh, it's like Golden yeah. Girls. I mean, it got yeah. away with a lot because people weren't really paying close attention but you, know, you watch golden girls even now like some of the stuff they were getting away with even mm-hmm. back then you're just like and of course they were they were really dealing with some some topics that just literally other shows would not touch here's, the pole. here's something that surprises me like i always link you know angela lansbury to murder she wrote and then i always think of tom bosley mm-hmm. on murder she wrote but according to imdb he was only on 19 episodes yeah, he was only on like the first, I think, part of the second season. Then basically, he was the sheriff, and I guess in universe, his he got he lost the election or something. And there was a new sheriff who oh. was actually trying to do his job because you know if the reviewer as I mentioned, she kind of points out how like Tom Bosley's character was perfectly fine with just sitting back and letting uh, <laughs> her just just figure it out for him. I would be too. I would totally be okay with that. But Jessica, you got this one. Like, yeah, you yeah. got this. You go ahead. Yeah. Sit back, sit back, take all the credit, let her do the work. She's you know? essentially Batman without the fighting. And, <laughs> right. and Murder, She Wrote had a shared universe with Magnum P.I. They were what? happening yes. in the same universe. They had a crossover episode. Holy and it shit. turned out that uh, Magnum's butler had a huge crush on Jessica, and he actually knew who she was as an author. Because he's like, "It's Jessica Fletcher," and it's like he was, he was, he was Thurston. I did not know that. That's amazing. That is amazing. She was also in. I've never seen this movie, but I know it's a cult classic, "The Last Unicorn." Oh yeah, oh yeah. But she must have had a minor role in it. Yeah, she was somebody named Mama Fortuna. Yeah, she's at the very first. It's not a long okay. part. She's probably, it's only like the first 10 minutes. And she I was mean, on the original, I think this is the original Death on the Nile. Maybe? Yes. 1978? Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, that was that even before. Was a lot of times. <laughs> okay. I think that was even before Poirot was Poirot. Really? Who was he then? Poirot. I mean, what, uh, sorry. I don't think the, the, the actor that has like, 
traditionally played him. Oh, no. like all the yeah. Agatha Christie yeah. stuff. It was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not care for a Death in Denial. Like I loved, yeah, I loved Mort Murder on the Orient Express, but I did not care too much. Really? It yeah, felt I like with you. It felt I like rich Murder porn. On Death on the Nile feels more like rich porn. Just a lot oh. of empty shots, and it just did not. I don't they know. went for more of the whole Gilded Age celebration of look how look how stylish they were. It's like yeah, yeah that was like barely one tenth of percent of the population living like that at the time. Maybe. And I knew who the villain was right away. Yeah, uh, but they just announced that they are going to do the third film, A Haunting in Venice. Huh. Mm. But yeah, that they, said, I mean, I'm sure Kenneth Branagh still puts in a good performance. Oh, yeah, no. He does a fantastic performance, and they do a lot with the beginning of the movie and near the mm-hmm. end of the movie of adding more to his character than just, oh, hey, good. I'm going to solve a crime. Yeah. Um, it's on HBO Max, so if anybody out there hasn't seen, I think they're both actually on HBO Max. Hopefully. So see them now before uh, Discovery sells HBO Max to Piggly Wiggly. So. <laughs> well, then we can finally get that Piggly Wiggly content that they know that males aged 18 to 50 crave. We have I, to have it. I agree. Yeah. I was so happy. It's, a, it's not appointment viewing. It's, it's what is it? How did they separate in their presentation, Ryan? Like one was oh, like yeah. casual viewing and like one was appointment HBO viewing. HBO Max is for cool dudes and Discovery yeah. is for the chicks. I mean, That's they literally they, made a presentation. Yeah saying yeah, that. That's like, 2022 where they're doing this. Wow. HBO Max is like, for all the cool bros. And, and let's be honest with our bra. audience. You know, like, I know more female fans of Games of Thrones than I know male. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, absolutely just the the memeage and everything, like, you will, on my Facebook feed, it is like, it is, the girls are, are going nuts for the, the Game of Thrones. And even the ones that weren't happy with, you know, the ending of it still are all in a, all in on House of Dragon. So it's yeah. just kind of like, go for it like if you're enjoying I, I, it. Yeah, I knew there were people out there that were like, oh, Game of Thrones, it's just going to last season, killed the entire franchise. And I was like, I don't think so. Because I think that even though I was not happy with it, I'm probably a minority voice in as far as like a mainstream audience watching it. And... You know, House of the Dragons then came a few years later, so it gave time for people, if they were upset, to kind of get over it. Mm-hmm. And House of the Dragon is so far, it's, I think you could say, I don't know if it's better than Game of Thrones because it's not too far along. Well, they're probably it. able to pace it better. And I mean, I'm not watched either, but given the way they were having to deal with his massive tomes, uh, yeah. I think that now they're on their own, they're t- and hopefully they're taking a page out of Vince Gilligan, you know, Vince Gilligan's handbook and like having an idea of where they want the story to go, but being fluid with how the characters are interacting. Good thing is this story is complete. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And um, they're doing a lot of time jumps. The first eight episodes take place over 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So they've done mm. a lot of time jumps. Uh, they're getting to the point where they want to go, which is the beginning of the fall of that house because when you get when you pick up in game of thrones that house is decimated mm-hmm. um essentially they're all like uh they're all like slaves and it's just a broken down house all the dragons are dead and this story is going to tell how they all fell gotcha yeah it's yeah i mean obviously like for a little i knew of, of game of thrones like taking out a dragon was not an easy proposition i mean they're they're not immortal by any means but it took some serious coordination and a little bit of dumb luck to take one down oh yeah. for sure 
Yeah, and uh, so far in House of Dragons, I think I've seen eight or nine dragons. Oh, really? Already? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they start at the height. uh, What is that house? The house that Dany was a part of? Targaryen? Targaryen. Targaryen, yeah. Yeah. So they're starting at their height, where they're on top of the world. So is it, do you know, is, is it going to be the end of season one when we get to the fall, or is it going to be multi-seasons before that well, happens? Well, the first eight episodes sets everything up. Okay. At the end of the eighth episode, they say this is the end of the time jumps, and this is where what they call the Dance of Dragons begins. Okay, oh. got it. Yeah. So, dragons taking dragons out, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they properly give this show. And another good thing I like over other than Game of Thrones there's not just the silly sex scenes just for the fucking sake of sex scenes. And I think they made, they said something at the top of this show. They weren't going to lean into any of like the rape stuff. Like game of Thrones had a lot of unfortunately triggering rape things that happened in that show. And yeah. I think they're going to avoid a lot of that, at least showing it on, uh, on the screen, but it's fantastic. The only problem with the time jumps is you lose a lot of actors because they are mm. older. So they replace them. Well, at least they replaced them and didn't do the whole, hey, here's like a little extra makeup on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Boston, do yeah. you feel like do you feel like you're recovered over the Angela Lansbury thing? Yeah, we'll give you the time, I, I Boston. I think, I think I'm from the concerns with it. I understand. You know, okay. It's just the way that the way the world works sometimes. Had yeah. you had any idea, we would have told you ahead of time. Yeah, I hate this for you because like the three of us had time. We've had like right. the last three or four hours to kind of think about it. You know, like post, like what we thought of, like Angela Lansbury, how much we loved her, and you just heard this right now. So, if you're yeah, sure you you're okay, in mid introducing everyone, so. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, everybody! Yeah. Oh, she did. <laughs> yeah, you could hear Boston's heart break. Oh no! Oh, it was so. If you it pause so... it at this time code, you can see on the if you <laughs> if you've got an equalizer on, where yeah. his voice just drops. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Um. Before we get started, I just want to let everybody know here, um, the end of the month, we're doing three episodes this month. This is our, you know, spooky season month, so um, every episode is going to be spooky-themed. The last episode of the month, probably coming out around Halloween, is going to be, we're reviewing three movies, uh, Smile, Barbarian, and the new Hellraiser. Uh, So, it's so crazy. Boston... Me and Scott have not discussed these shows off the air, even though mm-hmm. we saw some of them together. Um, <laughs> we want to make it all fresh when we do record. But if you do want to enjoy that episode, um, see the movies that you want to see beforehand, because we are spoiling. Yeah, it will be spoilers for sure. Uh, there's Barbarian. I don't think you can really discuss properly. Without you can't. You know, yeah, see, you I don't even know what it's about. about. Apparently that's and how that's everyone's good. going into that's, it. It's like, that's, to, yes. I mean, they're it seems like they've brought back kind of old horror marketing, like the good horror marketing. Like, Hey, we yeah. ain't going to show you anything about this movie, but well, the so you see the trailer stuff. and you almost think you've got stuff ruined or spoiled, but you don't. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. it look like the trailer's giving away everything. Right. And then you get but in the movie and it was fun with that movie with the eyes, but we'll talk about it soon. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I dealt with some teenagers. It's, it's a story. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but old yeah. Have so you, you two be... watched Hellraiser yet? No, nah, yes. I haven't seen the new one. Yeah, I've seen either. the original 
two. And then right. I, I had multiple friends tell me, if you've seen the original two, you can stop. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, they progressively get worse, hundred yeah. percent. But supposedly this one is on par with the first one. Yeah, and I heard they like went back to the original story and kind of took a different view on it. rather than just. That's my understanding is that it's not just a slavish remake of the original, right? It's, and they're, I, they're from the what I understand, material. I think it's this is the first one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the first time that Pinhead's been female? So Boston is wanting yeah. to really talk right now, guys. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I mean, you, you guys are effectively saying everything I was going to say, so just keep going. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, but yeah, so we'll but Boston. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that one will be the easiest if you want to watch everything before we. I think mm-hmm. the other two will be streaming to purchase or rent before that episode airs. But um, uh, Hellraiser, I think it's just called Hellraiser, is mm-hmm. on, so it um, is. Is on Hulu, and that Hulu, means yeah. Hulu's done two really strong movies in the last two months. If the, if I end up liking Hellraiser, because uh, Prey was excellent, Prey was amazing. I but Prey is Prey is absolutely. You still haven't seen it? No, I keep meaning to. I, I just I haven't done it yet. I've I've heard nothing but good things about it though. Yeah, it's pretty much like, hey, what if someone, what if someone made a good Predator movie? <laughs> And so, but it's, it's pray. I don't want to go too much into it, but it's just like, it gives me hope that maybe somehow, some way we'll get a good alien movie again, mm. that maybe they'll just let some, someone take a really unique idea with it and just go with it. And maybe we'll get a good one again. Well, you heard what's happening with Pret with alien, right? No. I know um, there was a TV show at one point, but yeah. I thought that got axed. No, no, it's still coming on. I oh, think. cool. And, and Noah Hawley, uh, the guy who created the TV Fargo? show Fargo and Legion, is uh, is in charge. Oh, okay. Dang, that, that gives me hope. That does give me hope. That like that like hurts a little bit. It's like, oh, don't give me, don't give me the kind of hope I felt back when back before Prometheus came out. Right. <laughs> I did. I, full disclosure, I did actually enjoy Prometheus on its own, but it's I one of things like for what it was. Yeah. But but once I once I started learning about the deleted scenes. And the the last the script changes that Linderhoff did, I got yeah. absolutely furious. I'm like they, he killed a much better movie. Uh, yeah, man. Instead of all this clumsy, like it's not an alien movie, guys. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of an alien movie, but it's not really. Yeah. A, see, it's not really a xenomorph, so you can't call it an alien movie. Then literally the next day, like, oh, hey, there's xenomorphs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But according to this was just recently, like back in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said the series will be a prequel to the original Alien, taking place before Ripley ever graced the screen. The FX mm-hmm. executive okay. said that Holly's show will take place on Earth at the end of the 21st century, roughly 70 years from now. So no characters from the original movies. So that means everybody's got to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, yeah, he did say... Spoilers. Uh, no, Holly said... <laughs> well, they said, I'm a big fan of Alien Aliens. I remember watching both of them in the theater and how shockingly original and surprising each of them was mm-hmm. in its own way. And so similar to his approach to Fargo, Noah decided to not take Ripper there or any of the other characters from Alien except perhaps the Xenomorph itself, but go yeah. back and figure what made the franchise so great and so durable in the first place and see if we can find experience that felt like walking into a theater and seeing mm-hmm. one of those first two movies where you got caught off guard. Yeah. Alien, so, what Alien did was that it was a horror movie that had believable characters, not stabby, stabby mm-hmm. teenagers, and also just a very unfamiliar and desolate setting, which, which you know, so many movies 
took and ran with that afterwards. And, you know, it played homage to previous films like Stranger from Another World, where it, or, you know, The Thing, yeah. the original The Thing, where it, um, you know, used that isolation as a part of it and really like, hey, they don't really have weapons to fight this thing back with. Huh. And no one can help them because they're literally years away from any other civilized locations. And, uh, and, uh, fun story i was the one that showed ryan alien and aliens and i remember when i was prepping him to watch aliens i said now ryan before you watch this i need you to understand something as you're watching this movie you're going to see a lot of moments that you're going to think are cliche or tropey what you need to understand is that those cliche and tropey moments come from this movie and everybody else has been copying (laughs) so that's a good point because there's so many beats in Aliens that have been just copying. I, mm-hmm. I even talk, there's an infamous Bruno Mattei film called, uh, uh, I think it's just like Zombies, uh, The Living Dead or something. But it's like they, um, or no, Zombies 2, The Beginning. That's what it was called, Zombies mm-hmm. 2, The Beginning. Mm-hmm. It is literally a shot for shot remake of Aliens, but with zombies instead of Xenomorphs. <laughs> like it literally wow. followed beat for beat. And half of the half of the dialogue is just like someone ran it through a translation filter and then in a in language A and then spit it back out into English. Wait, and even the chest burst scene? Yeah, it, they use zombie babies instead. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah, uh, it's like and then, then at the end the zom- the the, the uh, there's not a zombie queen. It's a brain in a jar that's like like mother brain. And they have a bunch of, you know how at the, at the end when they're face when Ripley's facing off with the queen, all these like xenomorphs start coming out and surrounding the queen, and then she chases them back. When uh-huh. this movie, they have a bunch of kids that they put cheap zombie makeup on, and the kids oh, are like dancing no. around the brain. And like the kids are having, like you can't see their faces, but you can tell they're having like the time of their lives, like jumping and cavorting around. It's like the silliest, silliest, most insane thing. So uh, you can... It like most Bruno Mattei films, it has like no copyright whatsoever. So I mean, I'm pretty sure you can just go on like Internet Archive and find Zombies: The Beginning if you just want a uh, just one of the most ridiculous zombie movies you ever seen. Especially, it's fun to watch <laughs> of people and uh, let them go in cold and just see how long it takes them to realize they're watching. To pick up on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there at some point a random guy that yells "Game over, man"? Very similar. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh like, God, it, really? It is, it is beat free. He doesn't say exactly. He's like, "Oh, we're all dead. We're all dead." We're oh all God! It's, Game over, it's Italian. It's Game an Italian zombies, film yeah. dubbing, so you know how he says, "Like, oh, we are dead. We are dead. Oh man, They're, we are dead." Wow. Only had like two English people dubbing all Italian movies, and so you really only hear like three voices the whole time. There, there's an Italian zombie movie where a zombie fights a shark. <laughs> yes, that's zombies. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and. It's incredible. It's That's actually yeah. a really good, so good movie. That scene's kind of ridiculous, but the um, it's one of the most fatalistic zombie movies outside of uh, um, Romero. I mean it. It's very. It really brings you down and just kind of like <laughs> yeah, like no one's getting out of this in, in any in any in any clean way. Right. Right. I'm I'm shocked that you all didn't like go crazy when he said that he showed me alien and aliens for the first time. Oh, I, I didn't see those movies until I was in my early forties. I, I have learned a long time ago that you have not seen for, for somebody to be as to have as much pop culture knowledge as you have. It, 
it doesn't shock me some of the movies you haven't seen yet. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I'm not wanna, surprised. If you want to know the crazy thing, the first Aliens movie I ever saw was the fourth one. Oh, yeah, that's why I had to redeem them. Because that's what I was like, no, no, no. you're watching Alien yes. and Aliens with me. Because you need to understand, because I, I think we were talking about it and I was, try, I was trying to explain like how much what? that movie disappointed me. And he's like, oh, you know, it's an it's, eh, and I was like, no. No, it was more what? than, yeah, you don't understand how badly they dropped the ball. What horrible <laughs> human being let you watch that one first? Uh, well, friend of the show, best friend of the podcast, Aylin, took me. Aylin! <laughs> no! <laughs> how yeah. could she? And, uh, oh, you want to hear something that's going to really floor you all? Uh-huh. Boston, I know you just are getting over your shock of Angela Lansbury, so I apologize. How much more did you put Boston through tonight, man? I apologize. The first Indiana Jones movie I saw was the fourth. Oh my god! What? You have got oh, me shitting even, me. I don't know if that's worse. That, that might, might be, worse. be. I don't know what's worse. It's worse. That's pretty. That's worse. Yeah. Alien. Alien Resurrection is bad, but it's it's fun and not not a complete yeah. insult. But like Crystal Skull is literally like, hey, we forgot how to make these types of movies, so whatever. Here you go. It's this weird thing. When I was younger, I didn't really care for movies or tvs until i lived in germany and yeah. my mom and i would go see movies like dances with wolves uh uh oh god the uh silence of the lambs so i didn't really start getting Wait, into how old movies. were you when you saw the lambs? <laughs> i guess I, so I was in germany so i must have been between 14 and 16 oh okay i was i was i, I knew yes. you were my mom took me to movie lady and the tramp and it was uh, traumatic for me because there's a scene where the dogs are eating spaghetti. And I started crying because <laughs> oh. I like spaghetti. And then I thought my mom had fed me dog food. <laughs> so I cried for the rest of that movie. So I think that may have been one of the reasons why my mom didn't take me to movies much. Like <clears> the <throat> first Star Wars movie I saw was Return of the Jedi. And that was just because my cousins took me one day. Okay. I had seen Revenge of the Nerds. One through four before I saw Aliens <laughs> or Indiana Jones. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Um, but speaking of childhood, I thought before, we're going to talk about Cryptid tonight, and I'm super excited. I can Same. say right now, Boston and Scott have been pumped for this episode. Um, but I wanted to say, let's, I want to talk about Halloween costumes, like growing up, like what your favorite mm-hmm. Halloween costume was. Oh, no. In mm. my case, the worst. I'll go first. Um, so, you know, back in the day, like, costumes weren't as cool as they are now, where they're very, like, um, the outfits are, are, are awesome, way more detailed. Oh, yeah. Back in the well, day I mean, when cosplaying. I grew up, yeah, I wanted to be the macho man. So I got the one where <gasps> nice. it's the suit. But to let you know it's the macho man, on the chest, there's a picture of the macho man. <laughs> yeah. And you don't get the hat. You get this really flimsy, hard plastic mask <laughs> oh, yeah, where cool. the, the eyes the are cut out and will actually cut into your face. <laughs> yep. And, and no then the mouths are like a little slit. <laughs> like on a sex Wow. Um, and it had this really awful rubber band on the back. But so, question though. Yeah. Did people know you were Macho Man? Oh, of course they know you're Macho Man. Um and we were, and we went to this Halloween uh, haunted house and we were standing in line for um, a good 30, 45 minutes. It was super cold out. Those suits also were very thin. Um, I finally get in 
and you know all the flashing lights and everything and for some reason my nose starts bleeding right so oh, i take my no. macho man mask off now nobody knows for sure i'm the macho man i could just be some dude in a in a macho man shirt right and right that was the mystery of macho man anyone yeah, could yeah. be the macho man and i'm like i gotta find an adult but you could just say you were in a fight yeah you know? but I, I was a little kid there i was panicking well, um, sure. so i was like oh, i gotta brother, find an adult hit me. <laughs> oh, so, exactly. I the, so i went up to the first adult i could find and it was a dude dressed as a vampire i go hey my nose is bleeding he goes more i will suck your blood i was like that's awesome no asshole, my nose is bleeding. Right, yeah, he was committed to character. Yeah, yeah, he was. Like, yeah he I'm was. about to die here, bro. It was it was method acting. No, you were dealing with a professional. With yeah, you're, a doing, professional. you're dealing with a method actor. I man. was too young to know. I thought I was dying. <laughs> yeah, so, but he made an impression on you. You remember that vampire? Yeah, that's right. So he, well, he gets me out, and I wait for my friends to come. And by now, I'm panicking. My nose is bleeding. I he somebody gave me some tissue paper, but my macho man shirt has blood on it now. Like he's been in like some kind of a he's been, last he's been man's candy match. Yeah. Uh uh the other one I was thinking of is um when I lived in Germany, I started getting into Alan Moore's Swamp Thing books. I had started transitioning out of like just all like superhero stuff into more mature books, and I decided I wanted it to be the swamp thing for Halloween. So I got my dad. My dad was in the army, so I got one of his um, his uh, his suits that he would wear, like you know, to be camouflaged. And I went outside, yeah, and I rolled around in the mud and <laughs> threw leaves on myself and yes. painted my face ah, green. Awesome. And like I'm the fucking swamp thing. Um, it was you were yeah. one with the green, sir. Yeah. So I get to the party. And I walk in, immediately realize how bad this costume idea is, is because I'm tracking mud everywhere and um, leaves are falling all around me. <laughs> and I went up to the to the uh, to the cider bowl to get me a drink. And the mom of the kid that was throwing a party immediately starts yelling at me. And I'm like, what can I do? I'm the swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what swamp things you should do. Have, yeah, this, is this is the is will of happens. the green lady. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah. And she made me leave the party. Oh. But I guess to get revenge on her, I didn't offer to clean the mud up or anything. Well, good. Yeah. Good. But all you doubt them. Yeah. So I think that's really the only costumes I can remember growing up. And I'm not really full with costumes like as an adult. I've never like it just feels like too much work for me. It's like Christmas trees. I don't like putting up Christmas trees because they feel like too much work. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't like. We well, can be one costumes. of those people that that leave the the trees up for like for months. True. Know, then you get your the value out of your work. You know? Yeah. Now, Scott, what are your favorite costumes or worst costumes you ever wore? Uh so I can like really. There's only one that stands out to me. Like growing up, I know I had a bunch, but there was only one that stands out, and that's why my Freddy Krueger outfit I had back in the day. So it's. Yeah, my uh, uncle, uh, I think he was working at a uh, a hotel or something, where the, and they were doing the, uh, like, a Halloween thing, you know, where, where you, you know, have actors involved. So I uh, went as Freddy Krueger, uh, and I had uh, a grave that I had dug that we had, I had to get in and cover us up with dirt, and my stepbrother was there with me at the time, and so we, we my, 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 my cue to come out, out of the ground was he said something like he was going to visit his grave or something. So I had to like, you know, jump out of the ground and grab him and, and kill him and put him in the grave and then 
try to attack the people in the crowds. <laughs> that was really cool. Cool as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that was my that was probably my five coolest one growing up. And as an adult, uh, probably has to be my Back to the Future outfit that I did with my brother. So I've got I go I went as uh, Marty McFly and he went as Doc Doc Brown. Uh, you, so that, that's probably yeah. And not just Marty McFly. Which Marty McFly are you? Oh, in that particular one, I'm the I'm the the son where where you where you got the jacket that doesn't fit right, <laughs> you know, with the the, the funky hat uh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, uh, I know we got we got stopped at a gas station. Like I gotta take your picture. <laughs> and it but works that's, well that's, for you because you've worn it like three or four times. Yeah, yeah. I still have, still have the whole whole thing. Well, I've, I've lost part of. It. I think I've lost the. Uh, it came with the almanac, but I have no clue what, what happened with that. But other than the almanac, I have everything I else. I bet Biff came back in time and got it from you. I'm sure that's what happened. So I've, I've ruined the, the future somehow. Fucking Biff. I know, man. You're never safe. You're never safe. Uh, Boston, do you have any fun stories? How do I put this? I failed to be Wayne Static one year. You failed to be Wayne Static? So Wayne Static, just for people who don't know, is kind of like a goth version of Guile, right? At least in the book. <laughs> uh, wow, what? yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> what okay. series? Wayne Static was the front runner of a band called Static X. He has passed now. Rest in peace. R.I.P. One of the one of his signature looks was that he would hairspray his hair like straight up, and he had like fucking two to two and a half feet of hair just going straight up off the top of his head like a dr seuss character (laughs) and then usually he would also style his beard to be like pointed down below so like almost like have you ever seen have you ever seen people try to like depict the devil in the pentagram have you ever seen that no (laughs) yeah well they they try and make so you you know the pentagram it's got the the five points and one point down i use i'm aware i'm aware of satan (laughs) (laughs) you're aware of satan the dark you're aware of of, satanic rituals we're we're, we're not on the best terms but we're we're friendly yeah yeah. call him beals for short so he would Um, do his hair like the pentagram almost like that 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 level of angles okay and so I figured that's what I want to do for Halloween that year. And so I let my beard grow out earlier in the month and I trimmed it into a goatee and then started trying to hairspray. Now, I learned much later in life that the actual secret to Wayne Static's hair was more hairspray. <laughs> and then when you run out of hairspray, you get more hairspray. Correct. Now, okay. what I did was, hmm. This amount of hairspray isn't holding up well enough. Maybe oh, if I trim my hair, it'll stand up better. Oh, no. Oh, so no. after I chopped about half my hair off. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Uh-huh. Still oh, couldn't get to stand up. But at this point, you had committed so much. You're in deep. Yeah. You're in deep. I, I, had, to, I had to give up. There was nothing like I, I had nothing left to do. <laughs> so I went back and I said, all right, I washed my hair out. Got all the, the hairspray out of it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do Surge Tonkian instead from System of a Down. I went and I just I, I found one of the videos because it was early days of the internet. Yeah. I found a, a, a still from one of the videos where he had a bunch of henna tattoos on his face. Oh, no. Well, I didn't have any henna, but I did have a Sharpie. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And I don't know if you know what happens when you put 
fresh Sharpie right underneath your eyeballs. No, you didn't. Oh, no. Oh, it burns. Oh, it oh, burns. shit. And it don't go nowhere. Oh, my God. Oh, it just sits there. God. So that was that was oh, a very dude. uncomfortable night, and no one no one figured it out who I was. So I was no, like, you. So you still went out. You still were a trooper and went trick or treating or wherever you're. I still went to the uh, the party that we were going to at the time because okay. it was like I still was going to go, and I was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, this yeah this didn't work. Sorry. Oh my! <laughs> did you um drive or did you have her drive? Well, no, no. This was uh actually I think this was back before uh, I even knew Kim. This was oh. uh yeah, this was still like sixteen. Oh 15, my god! 16, How were you able to drive with like permanent marker in your eyes? <laughs> uh, it was very tricky. difficult. Uh, I was bet. Very tricky. All right, Corey. I mean, for me, all I really remember is I had these dinosaur like footy pajamas, and they had like a hood. So I pretty much just used that as a Halloween costume for like three years in a row because I loved nice, it until so nice. like, I got too big for it, and it was just like but I loved it because I was I was a Godzilla stand from from five years old so really that was there was of course no real godzilla because i was the weird kid into godzilla like literally no one else was but uh um but yeah no i was and it was like well this is the closest i can get to to dressing up as godzilla so let's do this uh (laughs) i mean i did a few of the plastic you know mask cheapies but i don't really remember him maybe he-man as an adult never really for me i actually I transitioned more to, I preferred to interact with the trick or treaters and actually go out and do anything. Uh, that just, that's my preference is, uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous this year if I'm going to get in because of the street I live on. Like it's, it's very populated, but it's not really much of a sidewalk or there yeah. is no sidewalk. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what it's like in this neighborhood. And, uh, there's a few kids around, but I don't know. There's a, it's mostly older covers. It's a, old part of fountain city so um we'll see but yeah uh, adult wise i think i did a i remember once i bought i spent like a 100 bucks getting a pirate costume ready only to cancel <laughs> the did you then just sit there. around in your and pirate I literally, costume i still have like random pirate accessories as you're looking through so like oh here's an ipad or oh here's a here's a plastic <laughs> you know a musket uh-huh <laughs> just yeah. random piratical stuff I've lived in the apartments I'm in now for uh, 10 or 11 years. And I think we've only had in the whole time I've been over here, like three or four trick or treaters. And one time when I was on the third floor of the other apartment, um, one of the kids came up and the other kid who was a little uh, overweight, um, just asked if I would toss the candy down than making than making him climb up the stairs. So uh, I think trunk <laughs> or treats have probably taken a lot of the trick-or-treaters because i think a lot yes, of people and, now do yeah. those trunk or treats. i mean it's safer i mean it's, the problem is is like there's so few pedestrian friendly areas yeah unless yeah, you're like, in an apartment complex but i mean the days of neighborhoods where the kids could just walk i mean it's like because people are driving on like fair where I, fair drive that i live on it was um they just now put in speed humps, and because everyone on the street was asking for them, we, we wanted them. And the reason we wanted is that people would they'd come past the Broadway Kroger, and they would hit like they try to hit like sixty miles an hour Jesus. before they got to the first stop sign. You would hear them literally gun their, and it was insane. And now we've got the speed hump. It's just like who could trick or treat on our street like that? If you yeah, got all these yeah, people yeah. At, at odd times of night just flying through there. Yeah, city policy is three kids have to die before they'll put in the... <laughs> yeah. um, now, Boston, I'm not familiar with where you live now, 
but where you're at now, do you get trick-or-treaters or is it kind of like in like where it's not like an area that a lot of kids can traverse? Um, I guess, I guess we, I, we were here for Halloween last year. I don't remember any trick-or-treaters coming out. Like I know there are a lot of kids in the area, yeah. but I think it was still pandemic-y enough that everybody mm. either stayed home or did like a, yeah, like a trunk-or-treat type thing at the, one of the churches nearby. Okay. I, I know my roommate and I, even though we never get trick-or-treaters, we always still get like two or three bags of candy. Just to be on the safe side? Mm, Not to be know. on the safe side. Or, or, or just to give yourself an excuse to eat the candy. <laughs> yeah, we're no, you know what? We got these Twix bars for the kids. Yes. We, 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 you can say you're doing it for the kids, though. Yeah. For the kids. Yeah, yeah. chocolate. We're just going to assume chocolate expires within the year. It probably right. doesn't, but we're going to assume it. Um right. But yeah, I do kind of miss that. I miss like the old days when I was a kid and we knew which neighborhoods to go to mm-hmm. and you knew it which was houses, such a fun experience, though. Yeah. Which would give you the great candies, which ones would give you the, the shit candy and which ones would give you the fabled money. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that was rare. That's a rare one. Right there. Yes. No more. No. The money no. ones were great because it would be like in the little Easter eggs and you would open it up and you would see like five dollars. And as a kid, you're like, <gasps> that was like, like super you rich. You might as well have five thousand dollars at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It was like 500 pennies. And then, of course, we, you know, we grew up with the whole like they put razor blades and they're handing out drugs. And I love how our generation, now that yeah. we've grown up, we look back and they're like, no one's handing out weed gummies or acid mm. on Halloween. Mm. Do you know how because the yeah. argument I hear from everyone isn't that no one thinks, you know, no one's evil. It's like, do you know how much that costs? Do you know yeah. how much that costs? About how much acid costs these days. Like do you think is, I would buy a whole sheet of tabs to give out? Do you know how much that costs? I can now? tell you right you now. You have to be really devoted. You know if, what I mean? Like, yeah, if you had the house that was handing out weed, that would be equivalent to getting money. Exactly. <laughs> that would be if I if I could go to a resale value is higher. So I mean, if the smart <laughs> the smart kid wouldn't touch it, they just bring it to school. Like, hey, it's a weed brownie, fifty bucks. Exactly. You got to make that profit. I put a costume right now. If I was getting the weed gummies handed out to me, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You got that. You got it ready. Um, yeah. All right. So I think now it's time to get serious, guys. Oh no. Uh oh. And we are going to take, we are going to talk crippets. Uh, Scott, Ooh. Boston, do you want to kind of run this part? I mean, yeah, we can do that. Because um, okay. I'm, I'm not familiar enough on him. I, I'll just ask my, my simple childlike questions about this. We go along. <laughs> I got some stuff to drop on you. Don't worry. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So I know Boston, Scott, and Corey are all into cryptids, and I'm pronouncing that right because I was worried as we were. Going into the episode, I was it's like called. crypto, except it's actually somewhat realistic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so well, crypto, way, I have lost, I've lost way more money in, in crypto than I have anything with cryptozoology. So. Okay. All right, so Boston set the set the table here. For set us. the stage uh, for those of you who are not um, familiar entirely with what we're talking about. Uh, cryptozoology is a, a wonderful facet of the world in which um, we get to make up friends that live in the woods. And uh, usually it's, I mean, I'd say it's it, just about every culture has some sort of cryptozoological uh, entity that they've seen. Like everyone has uh, 
like god just just in the just in the southeast the number of between the flatwoods monster mothman mm-hmm. um wampus cat the wampus yeah wampus cat local uh i was about to say jersey devil but that's way up north um in jersey actually maybe he goes on vacations mayhaps um i feel like i feel like we had like a a, a loch ness type thing what really oh that would be exciting but uh right, somewhere, somewhere in the south you think we do i feel like yeah i feel like someone i feel like there was something aquatic in the south here but i, I can't remember off the top of my head so um what's the difference between like cryptids and like ghosts and that kind of stuff is a it cryptid just, like, is a, a true cryptid is an actual animal right it's just it's an animal with unusual properties or being extremely rare so one of the things that cryptozoologists and people who are are big into cryptids will use as examples is because one of the biggest counter arguments like well we haven't found a skeleton of you know blah 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 or we haven't found a living specimen of blah 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 the first thing they'll generally always point to which is a valid counter on it is the coelacanth the coelacanth mm-hmm. is a bony fish that was believed to have been extinct about 150 million years ago come to find they a, a, a um i can't remember if it was a might not have necessarily been a biologist but it was some sort of scientist was was down in south america was looking as at a fish market and just saw this really unusual fish that they just kind of like had off to the side they're like that they mm-hmm. got in their catch they're like yeah we pick these up every once in a while and nobody wants to eat them. And he thought, was like, this fish looks familiar and, you know, checked with someone that knew, like, that's a coelacanth. Like, because it had, it's a very ancient looking fish because it has really kind of a bony head. Its fins are kind of odd and stubby. Um, but it's basically remained unchanged in some of these areas for, you know, millions and millions of years. Just no one had ever seen one or caught one. So they just assumed that the only ones left were the ones in the fossil record. So um, a lot of crypto enthusiasts will, uh, cryptid enthusiasts will point out that, you know, just because we haven't found it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't exist. In other words, you know, the absence of, uh, the, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. So uh, that's kind of a key counter argument. So that's like how you put that, sir. That, is that kind of make more sense, Ryan, that that's the difference? That it is it is not necessarily a ghost or a supernatural creature. It is an actual animal, but it has a lot. But since we don't know anything about it, it's very mysterious. It's kind of like a – I'll give you a recent example, which may make you crack up. But uh, about a year or two ago in Knoxville, you remember the infamous Knoxville tiger? <laughs> yes. Now that's, <laughs> that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of – people – you had reports where people had seen something – Okay. Um, they were very adamant that they had seen a big cat, and uh, they they but they would be honest that they didn't get the best look at it, and then more and more kind of fed on, and then a lot of people started saying it's a tiger, and it led to some of just the best Knoxville based memes ever. So uh, good, especially the person who opened a Twitter account called Knoxville Tiger and like put a picture of it on top of the sensors, like I ain't coming down. <laughs> it, oh, so uh, I think yeah, it started but, like a like a cop saw it right and the cop uh, mm-hmm. figured the cop was probably just drunk well i think i think later on when when calmer minds prevailed they, it was is more than likely it was a legitimate it may have been a legitimate sighting of a mountain lion they have been coming down again oh. they're they're starting to expand their territory 
Oh, uh, thanks to conservation because they've been sighted on trail cams. If you look up uh, like East Tennessee, I think trail like uh, mountain lion trail cam, they've started seeing them again uh, coming coming through the woods at night. And uh, you know they used to be here, but they were really you know hunted off or drive or driven off a long time ago. So that's another part of of just cryptid enthusiasm is just understanding that like you know there's a lot of kind of unspoiled habitats even now, even in the United States that just sure. people rarely go to two good examples are a, the Appalachians. Uh, mm-hmm. There are still parts of the Appalachians that to our knowledge, no human being has ever physically been in. I mean, it's that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would literally have to hike probably 20, 30 days just straight. Into yeah. Just to get no to trail. it. And there's only realistically, there's only a handful of people on the planet that have that skill level to even attempt that. And even they would probably loath to do it because the Appalachians, especially deep woods, it's a notorious place where like you can only carry so much stuff in there with you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Eventually you're going to be in serious trouble. You're uh, going to run out of stuff. No, eventually. It's, you're it's, like, it's, like, oh, you can hunt and say like, you're yeah, but where are you going to set up? I mean, if you're just trying to go in deeper and deeper, um, the other is, um, Yellowstone, for instance, take some of our national parks, you know, the closest roads are hundreds of miles away. I mean, you're literally talking the length of a small state. Real quick, and, just on um, Appalachian trails, just to kind of give an idea of how big mm-hmm. the trails are. The trails are so big that they have made seven wrong turn movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, did they? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Seven? Corey. I was I was researching yeah, that joke real quick while you were moving <laughs> up to your next thing. But sorry, go ahead. You're Seven good. of them. Uh, Yellowstone's another good example. So, for instance, in order to go deep in the interior of Yellowstone, you actually have to have a special permit. They don't just let anyone like oh. you can't camp in there. So, like uh, a friend of a friend is a ge- was a he's a geologist. He got one of those special permits so he took his gear in there and he went in like him and a a crew went in uh deep into the interior yellowstone it took them like two days to get to their destination of hiking and when they did they went they found all there was all these like um geologically active like little geysers and like just all sorts of uh, minerals that you wouldn't see anywhere else these are like rainbow colored ponds and they're just deep in there. I mean, no, no one's accidentally getting in there. It's just, but it's like it's stuff that you can't see practically anywhere else on the planet. It almost looks like a different world, but it's so deep in there. And huh. um, so it's just there's a lot of you know just wild spaces we know nothing about or that we don't have access to. Okay, so a lot of these cryptids start as like you were saying, like the Knoxville Tiger, just as kind of like folklore, and they expand from there. Yeah, and it's it, it can be. Mm ancient and it can be it can be modern i mean some cryptids i would say we can probably put them into two distinct categories you have established and you have modern an established would be like sasquatch or um you know sea serpents those have been sighted in various levels of believability for centuries you know multiple uh first nation tribes in north america have variant stories of, of similar creature to the Sasquatch, even though the tribes are highly separated and have different languages. So it's kind of, you know, they, they may share some culture further back, but that would just mean that that had been passed down even further. And then you take the more modern, like say Mothman. Mothman is a modern one. There's not much discussion of anything resembling a Mothman before the 1950s. And then you started having the, the sightings. Was it Point Pleasant? 
where it was Point Pleasant. It was Point Pleasant. Yep. Yeah. And then Point Pleasant is like the first. So wait, so the Mothman is current because I knew there was the movie a couple of years ago, The Mothman Prophecies. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of that movie yeah. came out of when they st- when the cryptids? Yeah, that was kind of retelling the events because what has happened, Ryan, is there and uh, to anyone listening, a good way to get some of these cryptid stories in a really digestible format is there's a youtube channel called bedtime stories uh Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. short little videos on these with like black and white paintings with uh they do really good research because the reason i like that channel so much is like they'll they'll present things in a very honest way and they they tend to be believers like they'll they'll generally lean towards yeah we think this happened but they don't ignore contradicting theories like they will present those like here's what other people may think have happened that explains this and they'll they'll include it in their video and they don't they don't throw it out the window and think like well you know people just don't believe like no they'll they'll discuss it seriously and they're very respectful with with all sides um but they did a really good video on mothman but basically what happens is there was these series of sightings of it, Ron, and then um, it didn't attack anyone, but people, of course, got scared seeing it, and they all were describing a very similar creature. Then there was a bridge collapse in that area, and after that, it really wasn't seen again. And that's, that's where there's this weird kind of relationship of, like, was it a harbinger of some kind? Or, you know, what was going on because it was around, and then that happened, and the sightings just kind of dropped off. And of course there's theory that people were just, you know, using it to try to drum up tourism, but you know, some of the people that saw it still have not recanted their stories mm. decades later. Now. So Boston, what is the most fascinating cryptid you've heard of? I have heard of. Yeah. Or that's fascinating to you. Yeah. I mean, I guess that depends on, on again how you define the cryptids because I uh, some of the most fascinating ones period just in any sort of uh, mythos or lore are some of the the Japanese mm-hmm. um, cryptids and yokai and various types of like uh, spirits that oh, like exist Shukinoko, over there the the leech child uh, leech child the hopping vampires the 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 head uh, the head the vampires that are just a head that floats around like fucking oh just absolutely long neck woman oh yeah like oh, yokai yeah. is a whole other discussion of like um, yokai can be anything yeah so I'd say I would I guess uh, man because chupacabra was one of like, the first ones that I ever like ever even gave a more of a thought about yeah, yeah. that was one to be all chupacabra because it see it seemed at least somewhat plausible. Um, well, it has the, been the, somewhat explained. I mean, I wouldn't say it's been concluded, but since they have shown they have recovered specimens of you know heavily manged coyotes that would have probably predated in us, and they have very because of the way their skin was pulling back from the mange, it made their fangs look more pronounced. And uh, the, given the way they would, they would have attacked in a different manner because they were more, a bit more desperate. So it wouldn't have matched a normal coyote because coyotes usually prefer to drag their prey off. They don't eat it right in front of you. They they grab it and go off to a safe place to eat. But like the the chupacabra, I mean, it would leave mutilated bodies behind because it was pretty much attacking it needed me. But they had found uh, if you look online, you can see like like where they've recovered corpses of like highly manged coyotes. And they basically have like no fur 
and they have very pale skin because they were just very sick. But uh, they clearly like had ate a couple of meals. I mean, they're until they succumb to their disease, they probably were able to kill a couple of things. And it started in where did this cryptic come from? Like uh, South Puerto America, Rico? right, or Mexico? Mexico, Mexico mainly. Texar- Texarkana, Texarkana. It was kind of like a dog-looking thing, right? Because I'm looking at Google yeah. right now. I mean, doesn't Chupacabra? Isn't it literally just goat sucker? Yes. Yeah. yeah it literally much. translates yeah. to goat sucker. I had an uncle that was it a had goat puncture sucker. wounds in the goats, which I would say <laughs> was probably. Wait. Say that again, Ryan. I had an uncle that was a goat fucker. I don't oh. think he was a cryptid. <laughs> he was just. I'm. I'm kidding. Maybe he really was. <laughs> I'm kidding. And you build it. I'm kidding. You build a bunch of churches. No one calls you the church builder. But you fuck one goat. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, so Chupacabra was kind of like your entry point into it, Boston? Uh, it was one of my entry points into it. Uh, and, I, and I guess also, depending on uh, Corey's definition of it, I mean, theoretically, wouldn't Slenderman and like Siren Head and shit be now? I was about to ask or- Is it the new modern way for a cryptid to start stuff like slender man who unfortunately has entered into modern day real life uh thanks to those girls that murdered somebody in the name of slender man and people seeing slender man in real life now is that yeah. what can be considered like the start well, yeah, of a modern kind of telling a, of a cryptid the term mass hysteria gets a little overused but here's the thing um the best way to think about it is this your brain is lazy it, it, it has a hard job it doesn't like doing it. So when you're in certain weird situations where you can't, and your brain can't quite interpret the information it's being given, it just says whatever and just shows you something. <laughs> and you can you can sometimes re you can sometimes recreate that. Like if you wake up in, it's kind of like when people describe sleep paralysis and they say they see a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've had that happen to me, but what's happening is just your brain is so desperate to explain to you the information of why you can't move that even though nothing is there, it, you literally project something on top of you holding you down because okay. that's the only way to make the situation make sense is what well, yeah, I can't move something's holding me down and it can you know it can be a, a really intense and it'll feel so real in the moment I mean, you will see oh, yeah. that and you'll hear people talk about their sleep paralysis demon and yeah. it's a half joke but for people who go through it no it's very real you will see a thing or a yeah. person and it is absolutely and it, it'll be for me it was an old man with a contorted face and it was literally chilled me to the bone to see his face contort and then later of course like Never have it, it wasn't there. As soon as I was able to move, he vanished and he was mm-hmm. gone. And it was, and I was fine. So, so yeah, I mean, when people get adduced to these things in urban culture and then they, you encounter these unknown situations, and sometimes it's like, I don't know what else to show you. So, Slender Man, because there's something there in the corner of your eye that's weird and threatening. And I'm gonna. Sh- I need you to get out of the situation. I'm gonna show you something you're afraid of to make you leave, because <laughs> mm. it, it's like I don't know what else to do in this moment. And it's it's crazy if you study like hallucination stuff. It's it's amazing because people generally don't hallucinate things they've never seen before. They tend to you're pulling from some deeper memory. Usually pulling from a memory of some sort. Well, that uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, something I wrote about a year or so ago. Uh, the team that did that 
move uh, the movie that I was in where I got to play a preacher. Oh so yeah. I wrote something on Facebook that Vinny like latched onto and was like, Oh my God, can, can we run with this? And I was like, Oh, absolutely. But it was based off sort of that same thing. When I lived downtown, I lived downtown. We lived in a, uh, it was, there was, there was a forest around us. There was uh, trees and lots of wildlife and lots of, uh, flora all around us. And there used to be this like inch, one inch crack at the top of the windows. And I told Kim one day, I was like, I feel like someone's watching me through those, that one inch gap in the window. Mm-hmm. And she said, Oh honey, that's not possible. They'd have to be like seven or eight feet tall, at least, at least eight or nine feet tall to be able to see through that crack. And I was like, honey, you did not just help that. <laughs> now I'm just seeing. And so yep. I, like, I, I, I would see the, now. I would see and imagine these these tall, uh, I mean creatures creatures that were as tall as the trees around them, you know, just moving between them, and these you know ancient entities that were out there in the forest that had just gotten a chance to grow mm. that that big, and then now that we're here in Lenore City, and it's there's you know we have like one we have two trees there's two trees on this block <laughs> like huh. it, it, I felt. I felt like I started seeing more of like those wispy shadows that you kind of see out of the corner of your oh, eye. Oh, really? Uh, and so I wrote about how the, the city demons are tiny and capricious, and they they come and they go just uh, quickly. And then so it's so it's it's just weird to have, you know that I've my my location has changed how my brain processes those shadows in the corner of my eyes now. And it's weird. No, that's in, that's fascinating. That really um, is. No, that's our really brains good. are hallucinating tapioca. Yeah, Sorry, I like the whole brains are lazy because I, I do think sometimes those <laughs> brains can be lazy. Uh, my brain hasn't given me new material in a while for when it's attacking me. Uh, so it's like, you know, shake it up a little bit, brain. Maybe blame everything on Slender Man. Um, there you go. I mean, that's what you need to do. That needs to be your new technique. Like in this moment, it's Slender Man. What I've been telling myself now is the things my brain tells me is like a conspiracy theory. It's just a lot of nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's well, trying to sell you supplements. Well, which is really, really yeah. the mark of you should not be listening to it. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, not, you know, in a way, those, the. So I guess I've been having weird uh, thoughts about this where it is the, sort of the same idea, though, with conspiracy theorists. You're trying. The world is the world is big and complex and confusing. Mm-hmm. I need a simple answer for me to grasp onto, so I don't go crazy. That feeds into my superiority complex. Correct. Sometimes, but I think sometimes too, it's ways that people can't fathom that there is like random evil that can happen, like a shooting at a school. So they have to, for them to accept it, they have to go. Okay, this is obviously. The government that's doing oh yeah yeah, this. yeah I mean, it's yeah. it's much easier to accept that than the truth yeah someone know? someone wanted this to happen they let yeah. it, it well it's right. not that it's it's it is more comforting to believe they let it happen than to believe they were powerless to stop it yeah which is kind of one of the big things with you know Ovaldi is just not to get off track but just you know when you read into the details it, it's like this you know they so much went wrong here like so much went wrong here on so many different levels that it's insane uh if you if you if you have the stomach to look into 
you know, oh, what's it's coming just, out. It, of- it's it's crazy too because it's so mainstream now. Conspiracy theories and they're everywhere. There was even conspiracy theories around Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the but Illuminati was- needed a new membership. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But- yeah. Um, but but to get uh, to get back on track, uh, Scott, I know you're a big fan of cryptids and everything. Oh yeah. What was the first cryptid that kind of got you? Really investigating, uh, researching into it. it. It probably had to be Bigfoot back in the day. Uh, hey, we're getting yeah, in Bigfoot. Yeah. Watch time. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I think what the watch. fascinating thing about Bigfoot. I think Corey kind of kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. There's almost every country or continent. Uh, there is some version of it. Uh, you know, and it, and it almost always is described the exact same, or maybe maybe different names like you know, like skunk ape or yeti or yowie Wait, or whatever. Ape? Whatever it's. Whatever That's the called. local one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I almost want to call. I almost want to yeah. change the title of the episode of Skunk Gate. Skunk. <laughs> Spunk Gate. Spunk Gate. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> what, is that, what's a, what, what is that now? That's, uh, a crypto, no. that's a crypto I don't know of. Yeah, it's a new <laughs> one I just made up. Um, it's on a certain video spot we can't mention. Yeah. But, um, okay, so so Yeti's uh, Spunk. Skunk Ape. Skunk Ape. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Yowie is one. I think, I think okay. it's Australia yeah. is Yowie. Mm-hmm. So each, basically each country, each continent has their own name for it. Pretty much. Yeah, um, it's very, very similar. Uh, right, right. But it's always, almost always described really similar. Or, or I mean, maybe a few, a little bit of minor details, but almost always. A, yeah, really the feet the isn't always part of it. Smell and hairiness yeah. are, uh, as are generally not being considered dangerous but very evasive, although yes. supposedly dangerous if cornered. Um, but yeah, but I'll now are they consider launched my stuff like just an evolution of a human, or are they just humans that have kind of never? I don't know. No, I don't know. I got, never evolved. I have to segue into my stuff if you're going down that road. Well, we can, oh, let's do it. Okay, Scott, Scott you ready? Scott. You ready for him to segue? No, let's do it. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Okay, take the floor. So, um, one thing, so I'm kind of like Scott, uh, Bigfoot's my OG. I, I did also like <laughs> reading about Loch, Loch Ness a lot, but oh, over yeah, the same. years, especially learning more about biology, Loch Ness is one of the ones I kind of let go of because it's just like, there's just no way a creature that side would meet its caloric needs uh, it, and still come to the surface. Like it just, no, especially when you learn like the, the biome of Loch Ness is like, there's there's not enough there. Like if yeah, something that. If that size was eating fish there, that, 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 that lock would have been, you know, defished a long time ago. <laughs> That's a good uh, and there's no indication that there's anything larger underground that would sustain it. And uh, yeah, also like if it's been there for millions and millions of years, like it's uh, in that low, but, small of an area. Because the opposite of that the, is why the Bigfoot is so fascinating because there is so large many, area. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so much areas that it could hide in, and you know it's, it's yeah. completely opposite and for Bigfoot. Animals of that size do live in that area, like you know bears being right. big and right. it. So it's like, well, clearly animals of this in that size range can live there and can meet their caloric needs. Um, but yeah, so with with Bigfoot, I actually I, I'll never forget. I read a book on Bigfoot in elementary school. They had like a very small, not really a cult section, but just kind of like weird stuff that some random librarian, there was like a thick book on UFOs and there was a thick book on Bigfoot. And I literally went back and forth between those 
two books in like fourth grade. Like, nice. and they were, and these were like, these weren't kids books. I mean, let me make it clear. These were like, you know, two, 300 page books. So and I was right, just like right. devouring them over and over again. Um, get enough, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, so for me, I've always been fascinated. And of course, you know, over the years, I started getting a little skeptical more and more of like, yeah. And then of course, let's be honest, some of the people that would claim to go out and look for it, just, you just like, ugh. <laughs> and, you know, that was always kind of like, well, it's like, okay, seriously, if they're out here with all this equipment and they're literally not finding anything ever, yeah, kind of starting to look back. But that's why I want to segue into what, so there's, is this lecture, it's on YouTube, uh, called Searching Ooh. for Sasquatch, uh, Searching for Sasquatch Cryptozoology and the Science and Folklore Hidden Animals. I'm searching for uh, that right now. Um, I you know, I the rules right and get my phone out, just so you know. Uh, yeah. uh, repeat and it that was, name uh, again. It was hosted at the University of Oregon. Hold, hold on a second. I mean, Go hey ahead. guys, hold, hold guys stop. Uh, repeat the name of that again, Corey. Sure. Searching for Sasquatch, Cryptozoology, and the Science and Folklore of Hidden Animals. If you just That's do searching for Sasquatch on, you'll, on, find on you'll find it. Yeah, it's a it's on University of Oregon's official channel. It was one of the clubs sponsored this guy to come in. Uh, he's actually a biologist, uh, Tom Powell. Now, Tom initially starts off very skeptical. And just, just, and he goes through the uh, the history of people seeing it. He also goes through the very valid counter arguments against it, and then he pretty much turns the lecture on his head by saying he's seen one, and he's like, "I'm convinced they're real, and now I'm going to try to do my best to convince you." And he he talks about, and he uses this like any really skilled educator he really uses this as an opportunity to talk about citizen science and amateur science about how how can citizen scientists contribute to this because it's like people going out there and just trying to take pictures aren't it's not science you're not you're not ever going to prove anything doing that right, right. he's really trying to say if we're going to try and prove this scientifically here's how we have to approach it and uh like so what that. he does is he goes into you know theories and it kind of expands mate so the way i see it uh with taking into account what he reveals in his lecture there are four potential theories for sasquatch first is the null in that there isn't one plain and simple everything is either a hoax or a misinterpretation or you know um it's just it's not there never has been there and uh fine theory one theory two is uh it's an animal uh potentially like i said some something in the uh primate alignment uh we assume primate maybe not um that's theory two i mean there's some you know evidence for that just given the behavior and the uh, you know, the fact that some primate species can be very isolated, but we don't really see it a lot. I mean, uh, generally because they, most primates have communities and you generally find the community if it's large enough. So third is of course the one that's really out there and that's that it's a supernatural dimensional or extraterrestrial being kind of explains the whole, not really ever finding evidence, but then also kind of like whole other hands of problems. And then there's the fourth theory. So the fourth theory is, uh, the reason I'm going to this was, Ryan, because something you mentioned earlier. So in this lecture, uh, you know, and I'm sorry, I, I'm blanking on the name. There's that very famous Bigfoot footage uh, from That's Oregon, the, I believe. The OG original one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that footage has been dissected for, for decades. Oh, and yeah. To be clear, no one has ever recanted on that footage. I believe both the men involved have since passed. 
neither of them ever said anything but no we saw this this was real uh, they and they're like well, why are they out in the woods and the cameras like because we like taking landscape stuff i mean they were really deep woods deep woodsmen i mean they were really going in deep into the interior to to hunt and just to be away from it all for days on end um and that's why the you know what they saw was so far out and that's why a lot of people a lot of people like to say that film is a hoax but the counter is like if it there's only two ways it can be a hoax either a they were in on it but they've never recanted and even then, if they were in on it, why did they choose so somewhere so far remote to film it? Because, as you know, with like the scandal with uh, was it um, Bear Grylls? You know, he would be seeing like you. This is how you have to eat out in the wild. And then if the camera angle just changed slightly, you would notice there was a highway in the background because he was literally <laughs> there was like one infamous shot where it's like there's literally like a car goes by. So and, you're inside uh, a gander mountain. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you can, if you film at the right angle, you can make any, like, you can go in somebody's backyard and make it look like the deep woods, right? Camera. Right. It's like, why would they have, but the area they filmed in was deep in the interior. It's like, well, why would you film a hoax out there? And then if, if someone hoaxed them, well, this was, like I said, you know, multi day hike in. Uh, who's following them with the amount of equipment? So the scientists going through that. And then what he reveals to his lecture is that, people have been working with modern technology to touch up the film, to really analyze it, you know, take it frame by frame, model it. And two gigantic things came out of that. The first was he pretty much nukes the suit theory to smithereens. Like he destroys it. And the reason he destroys it is that he simply points out how the knees are moving. And Mm. he points out that a human being knees, you know, homo sapien, our, our knee should have been lower down its knees like higher up much higher up and like uh you can't fake where your knee bends yeah and, and <laughs> like i'm assuming regardless of the, of the size of the human that it still wouldn't be in the right place yeah it's like there's there's no way unless it's just you know someone just way far out on the you know um outlier on you know human physiology and it's not impossible but an outlier (laughs) the knee is not going to be where the knee is and he you know shows based on where the shoulders are and everything like okay if they're wearing a suit you can't move your knees to where your knees are at yeah and that was the first part of really showing like this counts a lot of doubt that this is someone in a suit because the legs aren't bending correctly and the gait is wrong with you know human beings don't walk like that mm-hmm. uh you could fake it but again uh it's it's not matching up with with our skeleton again like how are you faking this you can't the second thing is that and this is the big one and that i literally had to rewind and watch this part again the first time i saw it is they touched up the film as best they could one of the biggest conceptions of sasquatch is that he had that they have domed heads he throws that out and points out that they don't have domed heads. And even then, you know, I know you're thinking like, well, I've seen that film. It's, it's clearly got a pointed head as he's able to show with corrected image of it. It's not a dome. Mm. It's a top knot. It's what? a top really? knot. The hair is tied. Like what? Man, like a man bun. Huh. Yeah. The hair yeah. is tied. No, no primate huh. aside from homo sapiens. <laughs> ties their hair 
Okay. So that leads into the fourth theory, which is Ryan, what you're getting, getting to is that it's, it's actually a form, uh, it's not Homo sapiens, but it is a very similar species. And hmm. he builds on this with starting to point out that if we take that theory, that they're intelligent, they have their own culture, they have their own you know, community, and it's a community devoted to staying completely out of our way, completely hidden from us. They want nothing to do with us. And he can't really propose why. And he goes deeper into this to start talking about his experiences that he lives on a large property and he and he uh, became convinced that there were some nearby. And so he you know where he lives at, like what state he's in. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, let me let me see if I can capture an image of one because, you know, we've got these modern trail cams. Right. So what he would do is he'd like I think he would set like a pie way out in the woods and he have a little trail cam nearby and he's like okay i'll either catch an animal eating this pie or i'm gonna catch me a, a squatch getting this pie <laughs> either way i win he's I something. what happens it is it's either with that or something else is what happens is cameras pointed at the pie cameras pointed at the pie suddenly cameras not pointed at the pie anymore then the pie's gone something came behind the camera and moved it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what he points out is that they know what cameras are. And of course, a lot of people are like, well, why would they know technology? Like, they don't necessarily have to know technology. And he starts talking about, um, I'm not sure for me how you guys are with this, so uh, I'm trying to think of the proper term for it. There's a movie called Letters from the Big Man. It's actually really good with Lily, Lily Rabes in it. Uh, it's about a park ranger that goes deep into the interior and starts seeing a Sasquatch and it the Sasquatch tends to leave things for her and she doesn't understand the meaning of them. They're like little piles of twigs, but they're very carefully arranged, but she doesn't know what they mean. Um, but she just, she finds them, you know, uh, and it's clear that it's, it's like following her. Um, it's not a horror movie at all. It's actually really beautiful film, but I, I highly recommend it. But what he shows is that in some of these areas where they're believed to be Sasquatch, they'll see these strange assortment of, twigs in trees and they're just they're just enough to where if you really stare on them you realize that they're not a natural formation something clearly bent the twigs and stuck them there they didn't fall there um and what he would do is that sometimes he would say if you take your own and like put them next to it you come out a few days later they'll have added another one like almost like in response to what you left mm. but there's there's no discerning what it is and he says the way he sees like these are their woods. They know them so much better than us that even though they don't understand technology, they know when you've altered something. It's just like how you know you come into your room and someone moved a book and you just know right. it. Well, it's like, well, this they know when you've moved something in a tree. They know when the tree is different. So they don't have to necessarily know what a camera is. They know you put something there and they don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> So, so it's kind of like knock it over or something. Yeah, and he tells, but the the part that convinced him that they're something akin to people is actually a pretty funny story. Is he he talks about one night he just can't stand it anymore. He he wants to know if they're if they're if they're back there. So he goes in there like in the dark of night, and he finds him a good spot, and he just turns all his lights out, and he just waits. He's like, I, I know I've seen you know, brush damage in through here. Clearly this is a trail they use. I'm just going to sit here and wait quietly 
and see if one comes by. And so he sits there for, I think, like a while, and he gets that feeling that something's watching him. And he gets that feeling that something's close to him. Mm -hmm. And he just, he sits there, and then he says, something flicked his ear. Just, just flicked it. And of course, he just bolts. He bolts yeah, yeah. right onto that trail. I mean, he it's dark, but he knows. I mean, it's his backyard. He knows yeah. the trail. He just runs back. And he says, and he tells this class, do you know what I heard? And they're, and they're of course, they're all quiet for like, laughter. I heard them laughing. Oh. What sounded like, he says, it's like this deep guttural laugh. He's like, they had played a joke on me. Huh. So to they, pr- they pretty much teach bullies. me a lesson to not to not mess with them too much. Hysterical. So his belief is that they're small family groups that just roam in the deep woods and you know probably interact with each other. Kind of similar to you know how wolf packs are. You know, there'll be small family units that eventually interact with each other, and uh, he thinks they come and go. And I think he at the end of the lecture, I think he had said that um, he believes they've left his area. He hasn't seen any signs of in a while. But um, he's had other people like pretty much tell him, like, oh, no, we feed them. Like, we'll leave them out food, and they come and get it. <laughs> like, what? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we just, we just, we put out what they like, and they'll they'll take it. And uh, it's like, you know, we never see them, and we know to leave them alone. It's like, we leave signs, them alone, they leave the, us alone. Don't feed the squatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's again, <laughs> and it, and what's so brilliant about this lecture is he just admits it's a theory. He can't prove yeah. it. He wants to prove right. it. But right. he's not expecting anyone to accept it just based on his stories. That's why he really segues back into, like, why data collection is so important and why you have to do it correctly. You can't just you know, go off of, well, it's what I know, therefore it's right. It's like, no, you have to you have to find a way of empirically proving this. So I uh, highly recommend it, but it definitely really helped change my mind a lot on Sasquatch stuff is that like, you know, it may still be theory one. It may be nothing, but theories two and four have plausibilities to them. I mean, theory two, of course, like I said, things like the coelacanth, just because we haven't found it doesn't mean it's not there. And one thing, uh, you know, Really, I would advise anyone to just look up just how massive some of our forests are, and just how oh, I have how yeah, barely into them we really go on any regular basis, and that even the most skilled people, you know, it would take day. And plus, I mean, you have to think from the Sasquatch perspective, you're probably noisy as all get out hiking back yeah, in the yeah. like. Uh, you know, you you've got to carry a pack with you. You've got to have some some yep. stuff on you. So they're you're going to have to light a fire at some point. I mean, they're they're going to know you're you're. So it's you're pretty nearby. easy then to know you're coming or you're nearby. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he also believes that they're also very individualistic in that way, and that there could be some that are in fact dangerous, and that maybe we just don't know more about that. But again, he sees that more as an individual thing. That there's individuals that just want to be left alone. There's probably some individuals that are curious about us, but no better than to get too close. And then there's, you know, ones that may potentially be dangerous, which, you know, if uh, I'm not sure if this is a completely separate thing to cryptid, but if you're interested in that kind of stuff, highly recommend looking into it. Even though, again, it has its own issues, but, you know, the missing 411, um, are any of you familiar with that? No. So the missing 411 is, again, I, I don't take all of it 
with, I take it with a grain of salt, but there's some interesting stuff there. Basically, this former police officer, David Pilates, started noticing a trend of just how many people just vanish in our mm. national parks with yep. oh, yeah, yeah. no resolution. I, uh, I do know what you're talking about. That's my fault. Yeah. But so he basically now. wrote this book called The Missing yep. 411. And, yep, yep, uh, yep. Now, his, his books are generally well-researched, but he does, there's a lot of concern that occasionally he leaves a few details out to kind of play his mysterious theory. Although, to his credit, though, he does not present any one specific theory connecting all of them. He just says, something's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically so just trying to show people, you. There's too many people that's missing. Exactly. And that a lot of these people are experienced woods people. These aren't right. just random idiots going in there and getting, and that even then, like, why do we never find their body? Like, why do we find no trace? I'm yep. like, yeah, if they got predated, then you find remains uh, or you find their gear. I mean, you know, something you know, bears don't eat backpacks. Like, they, you know, they'll leave, they'll leave parts of you around. Um, and then, you know, it's like, why are, why are they never found? How did they manage to get so much further? And then there's this sense that their bodies were recovering. It's like where their body is makes no sense. Like it's so much further away from where it should be. Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look at, again, Bedtime Stories did a couple of videos on it. I, I love their treatment of it because they don't yeah, necessarily. That, that's, just, that's fascinating you know, to me. Jump yeah. full in, like, oh, he's 100% correct. Like, no, they're skeptical too of like, there are a lot of valid cases he presents, but there's a couple where it's like, there's probably was an explanation. In some cases, little digging shows it, unfortunately, probably was someone, you know, taking taking care of themselves yeah. and you know knew, knowing what they were doing but i i think um, the, the big thing here is like because uh we're getting close to the end of the episode unfortunately mm-hmm. uh but i think we're gonna have to have you back on for more cryptid studs i guess i was silly to yeah. think we could discuss all cryptids is a we're, fascinating uh we're gonna have to have a part two of this one for sure <laughs> oh yeah boston schedule it yes uh, i feel like we're just getting the on tip of the iceberg here Absolutely, I will schedule it. Okay, uh, put it in your calendar. <laughs> uh, I've got a calendar. I think. <laughs> you, uh, you, is it a far side calendar? Allegedly. Oh, I wish. God, I missed the far side. <laughs> I do too. Oh man! Uh, I still snuck a few out every now and then. Since we're running on about an hour and thirty, we'll skip like what we're playing this week, um, and go into spooky recommendations Ooh, these recommendations are haunted they're gonna keep you up at night yeah spooky get the spooky i'll start um my recommendations on disney plus which you know sounds silly that i'm recommending the spooky thing that's on disney plus uh but werewolf by night I've only heard good things i haven't gotten to watch it yet yep it's a quick 52 minute um one shot um wow Starring the Man Thing, Elise Bloodstone, and the Werewolf by Night. It's essentially uh, a group of hunters gather. They're looking to see who's going to become the new owner of the Bloodstone. And to do that, they must kill the Man Thing. The Man Thing is is, uh, Marvel's version of the Swamp Thing. uh, They didn't even try to hide that. No, it's, um, it's in black and white. It's done in the style of like an old 30s horror film. Like a monster oh, film, nice. okay, okay. Um, super fun. Um, it's disconnected from everything that's been in the uh, MCU up to now, so you don't need to watch anything else but it. 
Um, and like I said, it's 50, 52, 53 minutes. Um, super, super fun. I had a good time. And I don't, the hunters may be very major deep cuts in the Marvel, the, the Marvel universe. Cause I did not know any of them except for like the main characters. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Boston, that sounds really your, intriguing. Though. It's really good. Uh, Boston, what's your recommendation? Spooky um, recommendation. My uh, my spooky recommendations. Uh, I would definitely say, uh, while we will be discussing more about them uh, in the future, I do want to recommend Smile. Oh, um, okay. I don't necessarily know about uh, some of the other ones we've seen so far, but I definitely want to recommend uh, Smile and. Don't talk about it yet, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll but, talk about it. Yeah, but it, kudos I, for having like one of the best viral marketing campaigns. In yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh for my sure. lord! Like that was. Uh, what was the viral <laughs> marketing, uh, Boston? Um. So one of the one of their better viral marketing ones was they went to a few of the major league baseball games. Yeah. And they had people planted in the crowds with smile shirts on, <laughs> and whenever someone in that area was on the jumbotron they would just be staring they would just dead eye the camera and just grin from ear to ear oh that's amazing so every time uh-huh, that like uh-huh. somebody was on the jumbotron somewhere somebody was just like just 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 ear to ear joker grin uh they even had a few put up behind the commentators okay so like every time it cut to them discussing the game there's this yeah. one girl just right behind them like <laughs> oh that's amazing and uh- I saw something like that where somebody was behind Al Roker smiling, and I thought it was yep. Photoshop, but I guess it's real. Nope, that was it. That was the one. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's super viral. So you're letting people know, definitely go see Smile before we talk about that, it. I, I recommend seeing idea. it. I recommend seeing it. Now, like, I, I have a, I'll, I'll second that. I have, opinion, I have opinions, but I do yeah. think people should see it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you have a couple weeks before we spoil everything. Yep. Um, uh, you, have been, you have been warned. Uh, I, I take that back. There is one. There is one thing I will spoil. Okay. Um, I, I have to. I have to spoil this. But you're spoiling it in your recommendation. Photo, photo sensitivity warning. Uh, oh, yeah. there is a. Okay. There is one part that is, um, definitely. I I can't imagine anything less than I. I didn't have seizures until I saw that scene. Oh, oh wow. damn. And they do not warn you at all. There is no, like, and the weirdest thing is it has not, it has nothing else to do with the rest of the fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could have done without it. But, but the theater totally doesn't have any kind of warnings. But uh, yeah, there's, there's no warning for it. It's just loud flashing lights. But oh, okay. I think I know the scene that, you're talking about. Uh, yeah. So you guys have been warned. If you get a seizure, it's not yes. our fault for recommending. It's, it's not on us. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you cannot hold us legal. We don't have law. Account, like law um what is that thing called the law certificates no it's not the right thing uh, where you go to college and get something law degree we don't have any law degrees damn it i thought i was on password but you guys are the worst helpers um, i had no idea where you were going with yeah, a lot of this we don't have law degrees but i do think by us saying we can't be held accountable for any seizures yes makes us well, we've covered we our, our, ourselves yes i agree we are not lawyers we are not there. lawyers we are just bigfoot enthusiasts um yes. all right uh scott what is your spooky mine is actually going to be a youtube channel 
it it sounds like it's really similar to what Corey was talking mm-hmm. about with his bedtime stories uh, channel, but it's basically one guy uh, who just recants stories, uh, but he he does it in such a great way. Like he does, it's so soothing. Uh, you can almost fall asleep to it, but it, but it, he mixes it up. So, so it's, you know, it could be like, uh, a, a serial killer or, or some, some real events that's happened or, you know, like some lore things like cryptozoology stuff or, you know, aliens or, you know, whatever, but uh, it's called Mr. Wait, wait, Ballin. Mr. Ah, Mr. Ballin. Called what? What's this okay. one? It's called Mr. Ballin. Okay. Mr. Ballin. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna be like, ooh, ooh, can I guess which one it is? Oh, I'm says sorry. It. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, damn it! Uh, no, I was Ballin's... gonna guess game ranks. The <laughs> 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 no, Ballin, Ballin's one of the better ones out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love that. And one. it's just basically uh, but... him in front of like a green screen, Pretty just telling like stories like on lore, right? Well, it's not just lore. Uh, some some of it's lore. Some of it's actual real stories that actually has. You know that he's got facts to, to back it up, like police reports and things like that. Uh, so it, it's a mixture of all kinds of things. Uh, that's what's so cool about it. But it's always in some sort of like spooky nature. You know, like uh, uh, I think one of them was uh, was based on, on, on they made a movie out about it where, where people were were trapped in this uh, tree of, uh, and this alligator was stalking them. Uh, oh, wow. and they, they actually made a movie out of that event, and I forgot the name of the movie. It's uh, it's, but, it's the movie. It's no alligator. Is it primeval? <laughs> it might have been primeval. That might I remember been- the primeval was, I never saw it, but I remember hearing it was supposed to be like a realistic alligator it, attack. Movie. Yeah, it, it, well, it, it, it was, whatever the movie was, it was based on a real event. Uh, okay. I think it was, I think it was in, where was it? You had told me, you had shown me a really good one uh, from Mr. Ballin a couple of months ago about a guy that went up to stay in his parents' cabin before they were going to sell oh, it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's a that, good one. That one was excellent, so. Mr. Yeah. Ballin. Mr. Ballin. In, it's just it's spelled just it's just Mr. Then B A L L E. I think he also has an account on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. All right, and Corey, you're you're okay. gonna wrap us up. What is your spooky recommendation? Chain. Oh no, it's lightning round time. Lightning. I can't, I can't sleep on this. Okay, first of all, the original Fog. Do not ever watch the remake. It doesn't exist. But 1980ish John Carpenter Fog. Uh, Best atmospheric horror movie, I think. And period. like his first uh, or second film. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was for, short. And it, was, it was early in his career. So yeah, good movie. Early. Yeah, it was after Halloween. It was after Halloween. Another but, one that um, you introduced me to. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic You've movie. You've been very influential with Ryan's life, Rory. <laughs> now, to be honest, I had seen the Tom Welling one before. Yeah. All right, so the fog. Uh, which uh, I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, spooky, but uh, family friendly. But I, I just love it so much that everybody needs to see it. Over the Garden Wall. Uh, yes. It's on multiple streaming stuff. This is the best time of the year to watch it. It is the most aggressively autumnal thing ever made. Uh, and you can. And the best part is, it's ten episodes. They're all. They're each like 15 minutes each. You can literally like watch the whole series in three hours so nice okay um so it's a great watch uh it's kid friendly if if kid if the kid has are good with the spook but um has some really good episodes some really solid storytelling elijah wood is one of the voices and christopher lloyd uh oh, also cool. works on it so great talent um and then finally just obscure but i do i want this movie to get love 
because I feel a lot of care went into it, uh, even though it, it has one or two flaws. But it's on Netflix called Aurora. It's actually a um, Malaysian horror film. Uh, oh. It almost almost beats out the fog for pure atmosphere. Like so, real quick synopsis: uh, This woman and her young sister own a, a ho- failing hotel on on in the seaside in a on an island in Malaysia. Um, at the beginning of the movie there's there's a lot of police and stuff there and what has happened is that a ship has wrecked a ground on the rocks just a few meters from like about a football field length away from her hotel and just lots of people died and their bodies are still washing up and so at this point they're basically calling off the search for survivors they've got they gathered the majority of the bodies at this point but they're pretty much telling her that like a couple are probably still going to watch up. And so it sets this, this uh, she's pretty much alone in this hotel with her, with her sister knowing there's all these dead people just off the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, needless to say, I mean, it's, it's supernatural. It's uh, they, a guy comes by and basically they, he tells her that the families of people that they haven't recovered the bodies for basically told them that they'll pay just so they can, because, you know, especially in Malaysian culture, it's so important to bury the body that, you know, pretty much if you find, if our person washes up, we'll pay you. Um, So they start kind of this little side business of going out to the boat to try and find bodies. So uh, yeah, just to let it go from there. It's on Netflix. Absolutely worth watching. Um, CGI is a little weak in a few places because of course it didn't have much of a budget but the mood setting the story and uh, just kind of the way it especially the climax it was all just amazingly well done especially the way it ends is just just amazing it's it's it a lot of care went into that movie okay okay excellent all right well you know what this is a good episode uh thank you cryptid Corey, for joining us that's, Absolutely. I think, the name that I already can't wait for part two. Would have went with yeah. if he wasn't distraught by Angela Lansbury's uh, <laughs> death. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll definitely have you back for a cryptid part two. Uh, I think it's a fascinating topic. Maybe before the next Halloween months, because uh, it like sounds it. like this is something that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in. Uh, Boston, do you want to wrap us up? Well, I do believe that. Um... We're going to have to just try and figure out the things that are currently in our uh, shadows right now. So um, thank you, Internet, so much for coming, uh, joining us on the spooky night, the first of our spooky nights this month. So uh, thank you all for coming out. Uh, thank you, Corey, for uh, talking cryptids with us and uh, teaching me more about Bigfoot. Honestly, that was fucking great. So yeah, I only recently yeah, found same. that lecture, and it it, it completely oh, completely turned my head on it. Like I'm Can you like, tell everybody I'm again really... what the name of the lecture is again? How the oh it? yeah, uh, searching for big searching for Sasquatch. Just look that up on YouTube. And we'll put the um, we'll put the uh, the link to that in the show notes. Is that possible, Boston? Uh, yes. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, so give me the link. It, Ryan, the link. Yeah, I'll I'll forward it to you. Awesome. Cool. All right. You know what? All right. Let's go wrap it up, and we will see you all in the next episode, Internet. Good night. And Angela Lansbury, we'll see you at the crossroads. <laughs> see you at the crossroads. Crossroads. Cross cross you won't be lonely. Are so Come on, McCoy-dees. 
Well, please welcome to the show our, our returning guest, Mr. Corey Taylor. Corey, Corey Dyke. Corey Dyke. I'm sorry. Corey Taylor's in the band Corn. Corey Taylor's in the band Corn. Corey Taylor's in the band Corn. <laughs> 